Hello, fellow movie lovers, and welcome to Cult Fiction, a podcast where we re-examine Hollywood's redheaded stepchildren. As a redheaded stepchild myself, I'm Stephanie Johnson. And I'm Andy Bowell. <laughs> and today we are pulling back the crypt to review 2006's Snakes on a Plane. Times are strange. We got a free upgrade for Snakes on a Plane for come I don't care. And for the first time ever in like almost a year of recording we're doing it live in person yeah. with each other <laughs> i'm sitting on your very comfy couch in a tortilla blanket that was your christmas present to me so goals so goals i look like a burrito it's perfect it is perfect <laughs> So yeah, normally we do two uh, separate recordings because that's what happens when you're states away. But this time we're uh, we're together, and I'm oh so happy that we watched this insane movie for this one. <laughs> yes, snakes on a plane. So for those of you who missed the movie, Stephanie, you want to go ahead? Sure. Snakes on a Plane is the story of Sean, the man who witnesses the infamous mob boss Eddie Kim committing a grisly murder. Sean and FBI agent Neville Flynn fly to L.A. from Honolulu to testify, but their flight becomes lethal when dangerous and violent snakes emerge from the cargo hold. So, you know, snakes on a plane. (laughs) Snakes on a plane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, we were just talking about this, you know, you, me, and our spouses a second ago, and, and talking about, like, the defense of this movie. And, uh-huh. and to get it out of the way, I, I will say this movie, I don't have anything that I hate about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not a Blood for Dracula. It's not a Toxic Avenger. It's not even a Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. That said. It's a terrible film. <laughs> it's an awful garbage movie that jumps through so many hoops to keep that, that core conceit. We need snakes on a plane at least kind of semi-plausible. Well, did you know the story of why Sam Jackson accepted this role? I did not. Okay, so he was just given the script and the title was Snakes on a Plane and he goes, oh yeah, that's a role I'm going to (laughs) take. And then later they were going to change the title of the movie and Sam Jackson said, no, we have to keep the title of the movie. That's why I accepted the script. (laughs) Which, I mean, fair. You certainly, you, you certainly watch Sam Jackson's performance and you, you get that this was the level of engagement he had for the project. <laughs> he, he wanted to be able to say the iconic motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane line. <laughs> Which was, so I did some research because, sure, Because podcast. Because podcast. <laughs> and I found out that that line wasn't even in the original script. Nice. It was in a video parody that came out when people had known there was going to be a movie about snakes on a plane someone released a video parody where that line was in it and the studio was like hey we need material to bump this up to an r rating what if we took that line and sam jackson was like oh yes we're taking that line (laughs) that i had no idea that's amazing (laughs) he was like oh yes i can say Monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Yeah, on the uh, the the kids friendly version, because we need a family friendly version of a movie where everyone gets snake bites and like <laughs> dies horribly in an aircraft. But okay. But okay. <laughs> but we but we digress. As a snake owner myself, 
I I took umbrage with the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you and Gomez watch it together? We did not. He stayed in his little house. Oh. I, I didn't want him to get the wrong idea. <laughs> you didn't want him to suddenly become violent. I didn't want him to see the part where all the snakes get violently sucked out of the aircraft and, and die. <laughs> and have bad snake dreams. And have bad snake dreams. Exactly. <laughs> or the part where the snake gets microwaved, which is probably my favorite part in the whole movie. That's a, yeah. Like, okay, so this this movie, I don't hate it. It does have enough that is just purely insane about it to make it, like, interesting, <laughs> if nothing else. What um, was your favorite part? Well, like, I don't know if this is my favorite part, but one thing that I instantly clued in on, this movie starts and ends with a bunch of beauty shots of Hawaii mm-hmm. and, like, this really tropical vacation music and, and, and all these beauty shots. But it's very clear to me that this was not filmed in Hawaii. Cause, cause like, that's the thing, you know, a, a shit ton of movies get filmed in Hawaii. And normally it's either because, you know, the climate is convenient when we need both beaches and mountains. The other half of the time, it's literally the cast wants to take a vacation and we're going to pay for our vacation by doing this movie. And that could have been the case here, but nobody except like the second unit got to actually go to Hawaii and get those beauty shots. <laughs> the first time we see Sam Jackson, we see Agent Neville, and he uh, he gets Sean out of his apartment, and they're like going through the suburbs in a in a kind of chase sequence. It is very clearly an LA suburb. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. You know, the the next scene, um, he's interrogating Sean and they've got him in the interrogation room. You can see very clearly that Samuel L. Jackson is reading his lines off a cue card. He just phoned it in. Yeah. He was like, the title of this movie is Snakes on a Plane. I don't need to give my best performance. No, not at all. <laughs> but I, I I loved that. I I thought it was so ridiculous. This movie, like... Like, just building up to Snakes on a Plane and all the stuff about Eddie Kim and all the Mm -hmm. stuff about, okay, there's this mob boss that is, like, so world-renowned that everybody knows him. Everybody knows that he is, like, the most dangerous man and will go to any lengths to kill this guy that he does the whole Snakes on a Plane thing. There's a bit where he's, like, talking to his underlings, being like, load the snakes up, we're doing this. And one of his his, uh, partners is like, but sir, are you sure? Like, can't we do something else? And he just goes, don't you think I've tried everything else? (laughs) The amount of just, we have snakes on a plane build around that. Yeah. Is honestly like enjoyable just as a, wow, you really wrote this kind of thing. You really wrote this and (laughs) man, did you commit? (laughs) Absolutely. I think really like there's, there's no acting performance that I like, really loved but i think the ensemble characters like Mm -hmm. they they really did enough to at least justify being there like this could have just been a whole bunch of complete randos who had b-list exactly who had awful characterization but you know everybody had at least a thing that 
made them interesting. You know, you've got uh, the guy playing three G's, the mm-hmm. rapper mm-hmm. being a complete germaphobe yeah. and trying to do the thing where he's all suave and cool and sexy. But at the same time, he like can't stop putting on hand sanitizer and is freaking out when people sneeze around him. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you really didn't need to add all that, but you did. But I, you did. I, I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Keenan Thompson's performance. Keenan Thompson, yeah, he was great. He very clearly had like three days in between doing SNL and just decided to go for it and give it his all. He's like, sure, I'll be on Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, I'll work with Sam Jackson. Why not? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that was like, when else am I going to get this opportunity? This movie came out in 2006, and I just need everybody to realize like, Keenan had been on Saturday Night Live for three years before this, <laughs> and he's still on it today. Like, he's officially become the, the Daryl Hammond of this cast. <laughs> um, I watched this in HD, quote, because it was the same price. Same. <laughs> it was the exact same price, and Alex was like, well, I want to see the snakes, like, as defined as they can be, which is good because the CGI in this is awful. Right. It's yeah. awful. And in the movie maker's defense, they were going to use live snakes. And they did for some of it. But, and this is the worst part, they had to CGI in the snakes because the live snakes didn't move enough. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, fair, because, you know, I've been to your house and Gomez is in his little home, not moving. Exactly. Just chilling. Like, as a snake owner, like, snakes don't go very fast, period maybe in the water maybe we'll we'll, we'll cross that when we get to anaconda <laughs> no. which if that's next i swear to god you are rigging this somehow well yeah so we'll get to that this i i have never rigged this list but this will be the time where like stephanie can watch me do it in real time so whatever movie we get is the movie we get mm-hmm. i i thought it was so funny the cgi snakes and like just the, the, the concept, it, it, it goes back to the whole like, okay, we need killer snakes on a plane. How do we do that? Oh, the real snakes aren't killer enough. Let's add some digital stuff in. And, you know, I got to say, watching all the victims get like snake bit. Exploded. Exploded and, and, and all poisoned up is, it, it, it is enjoyable. Like you're, you're paying for what you're getting here. Well, and the snake, the some of the setup for the snake bites, like there's a couple who has sex um, in the bathroom and joins the Mile High Club and halfway through them having sex, a snake comes in from out of the ceiling and bites them both dead. But it has the best part where there is a snake on a titty yep. just straight out from her boob. This movie has a snake bit tit. Snake bit tit. Snake bit tit. Say it five times fast. (laughs) But it also has a snake bit dick. Yes. (laughs) They got all the bathroom kills they could out of an airplane, like, bathroom. And I got to say, so the guy, like, goes into a separate bathroom and is peeing and, you know, says, how's my big boy or whatever the hell he says. Oh, which I hated. Who says that to their genitals? Somebody who is so terribly overcompensating. Fair. (laughs) Um, the snake crawls out of the toilet 
and bites him right on the dick. And he's thrashing around screaming, the fucking snake bit my dick. Get off my dick, man. And I'm just sitting here being like, okay, okay, movie. It's an airplane bathroom. Someone's going to hear that. Someone's going to hear this. But no. No. Like speaking of the airplane, I I think it's so funny. I you know, I saw this when it came out. I didn't go see it in theaters, but I saw it, you know, in home release. And, you know, this was 2006. I wasn't a child or anything, but I was much younger, and I never really questioned how enormous the airplane is. It's huge. It's so huge. And sure, it's a double-decker airplane, but, like, I've been on double-decker airplanes. They don't have revolving staircases going up to first class. And even more than that, like, like they sit in coach. The coach looks nicer than most actual first classes. <laughs> like, a plane is a narrow tube. That flies through the sky. <laughs> so, again, they went, oh, snakes on a plane... Well, if we do a real plane, this is going to be a really short movie. <laughs> so we need to make it a super plane. And, uh, oh, we need a reason that they can't, like, just land at Dulles National Airport or something. What's the most plausible long-ass airplane journey? Oh, Hawaii to L.A., which is, like, why we get those beauty Hawaii shots. But it doesn't serve anything other than, like... We just need to bend this script into a pretzel in order to make it make sense. (laughs) I will say I loved, and this I did catch on as a kid. So we've got Samuel Jackson, Neville Flynn, and then we've got his partner, who's like this guy I've never seen. seen I, 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 I don't know the name of him, but the guy gets like a couple of lines of dialogue where Agent Flynn is telling Sean, yeah, I've been with him for 15 years. That's the toughest man I know. And you're like, okay, already you're marked for death. But just the the what actually winds up happening to the guy is he like falls into some snakes, screams, gets terrified. Oh, okay, I guess there's a joke about the tough man scared of snakes. But then just instantly goes out like it's such a useless character. It is such a useless <laughs> character. But it gave Sam Jackson like a time of emotional grief. That's true. And that's all it served for. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Um, one thing before we go off of him, I, I talked about three G's earlier in the airport. There's a scene he where he, he gives a titty autograph. He ruins that poor woman's shirt. <laughs> he She's ruins like, her shirt. Which I guess if you're a fan of three G's, like, yeah, that's nice. But like that shirt is ruined. You can't ever wear it again. But like in no time ever, have you ever given a titty autograph? Oh, yeah, with all the titty autographs I give. Well, just just in general, you never see somebody be like, oh, let me do it on the clothes. It's always on the, on skin, the skin. And that's, that's the, you know, the fun scandalous part of it all. <laughs> but I was sitting there being like, wait, oh, my God, this guy's a hypochondriac. Uh... What if he didn't want to touch the skin? And that's like huge. If, if that's what they actually meant to do. And that's such an insane little detail that I don't think anybody huh. was ever going to catch. Huh. I appreciated that. I love that you thought about it. My part was just like, oh, he ruined your shirt. But I did appreciate how he dotted on her nipple and was like, yeah, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie isn't afraid to show skin. So it was just so 
It was so weird to me. I don't know. <sighs> Speaking of the bathroom mile high club scene, yes. I, I saw this instantly. That um the the hunky bad boy who, you know, wants to do his girlfriend in the bathroom, that's Taylor Kirsch from Friday Night Lights and Gambit and like established named actor Taylor Kirsch. And I, I don't even know if this is one of his first roles or not, but I was like, wait. An actual thing I said is, holy shit, is that, that's Taylor Kirsch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my, so you said you didn't see this in theaters, but because I was 17 and dumb, I actually did. And, uh, the, you asked me to keep notes of anything that I remembered from seeing it in theaters. I did indeed. The only thing I can remember for you is that when the snake bites the peeing dude's dick. Yep. April Lone, the person who went to go see it with me, out loud yelled to the entire movie theater, the snake bit the snake? (laughs) I love that. So when that happened again at home, that's what I said. Nice. And that, so, so you also said something else anytime we got the, the green night vision, snake vision, right? Snake vision! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because several times in the movie you see behind the snake's eyes from the perspective of the snake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like this green, slithery, weird cam. And I'm like, that's not how snakes see, is it? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Aren't snakes colorblind? Snakes are colorblind. Snakes have awful eyesight. Like the reason snakes flick their tongue out is because that helps with their sense of smell more than anything. And that's actually how they get around. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. They see with their tongue. And if you look at a snake, like, it looks like snakes have little nostrils. They're not nostrils. They're actually, like, heat detectors. So. I don't know if I love that or hate that. (laughs) I mean, I love them because they're little cute. Little little snake Yours is a little cute boob. The snakes in this movie were not a little cute boob. No, the snakes in this movie, CGI or otherwise, were definitely, like, as scary looking as we thought we could make them. My least favorite was the Grandpa Python snake. Yes. <laughs> who ate the bald guy's head like it was a boiled egg. Did not like that at all. That's like a thing that's stuck in my memory. And for some reason, like looking back on this, I remembered that snake being like three times as big as it actually was. <laughs> so for your sake, I'm glad it wasn't. It was still big enough to eat a grown man, apparently. But... <laughs> So so speaking of your your phobia of snakes yes. is well documented. Yes. And you were just ever so brave watching this movie, but so how 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 did this affect you? Well, it's so funny because I I was like I geared up, we watched it during the day. I was like, "Okay, I had just finished working from home, so I was like, this is even better. I'm in a safe space." But to be honest, what affected me more than the snakes, I have really bad flight anxiety. Mm. If I am ever on a flight, I can promise you I am absolutely on Xanax, which is why I also think it'd be a really good idea to put tattoo parlors in airports because people are already like zenned out and chill because they're probably on Xanax. So, you know. I, I don't hate this. I'm trying to think about if your blood would get thinner going up and I guess the cabin's pressurized. You know what? Yeah, I'm on board with this. Okay, yeah. I'm on board. Anyway, you have long layovers. <laughs> Anywho, so I think this movie is worse for my flying anxiety than it is for my snake anxiety. Sure. Because snakes on a plane, not likely to happen. 
snakes affecting a plane something affecting a plane's electrical system and a plane dropping however many feet in the air that could slightly more likely slightly more likely <laughs> and i was like god am i glad we're driving to orlando instead of flying right right <laughs> <laughs> but the snakes i think i was mostly okay with well i'm glad i i I was surprised to hear that, and I felt especially bad then where... Because I didn't even know this about you. <laughs> you didn't know about my flight anxiety? No, where it was like, not only am I massively afraid of snakes, I am massively afraid of airplanes, period. And it's like, oh, okay, so this was the worst movie. The worst The movie. absolute worst movie to put you through. And I will say, I have checked every single time I've gone to the bathroom since watching this. <laughs> and I know toilet snakes are a myth because snakes need to breathe, so it's not likely that they're going to come from a toilet. However, good to check. Good to check. You know that's why dogs circle before they, like, lay down, right? What? So the reason, like, any dog will, like, you know, walk in a circle a couple of times before it lays down to go to sleep or something, it is instinctually, like, in a canine's DNA to look around and check for snakes, specifically. Aww. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> I do the same thing, except with toilets. <laughs> right, you know. But it's instinctual. <laughs> sure. Um... Oh, speaking of the worst parts of the movie and the effects it's had on me, the my least favorite part is when the woman is asleep and she has a snake crawl up her dress. Right. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not fun. I felt so bad for that actress because, like, you know, you get this role, you get, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next couple days, and it's like, your contribution to this movie is we're going to give you the most unflattering costume and makeup job. And then, so your character falls asleep on the plane. And when a snake crawls up her dress, she thinks she's being fondled and is having a pleasant dream about it. And then gets bitten on the eyeball. <sighs> Can you imagine just like waking up and there's a thing right in front of your face? <laughs> I get that you have a snake, so probably it wouldn't bother you as much, but that's my worst nightmare. I'd wonder how he got out. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. You'd be like, what did you do? Like, how did you get up the bed? I'm At, at this point, I'm proud of you. <laughs> at this point, I am impressed. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. My favorite flight attendant is Grace. Grace was the uh, the elderly one? Yes. Okay. Why was she your favorite? Because she's a badass and she hears a baby crying and she's like, fuck these snakes. I'm going to go rescue the baby. That was a pretty great moment where like, you know, they, they make a barricade in the plane to keep the snakes out. And as soon as she hears the baby, she's instantly just tearing the barricade apart. And yeah, it was a really great little moment of characterization. Yeah. I thought it was so funny because, you know, in 2006... I had no idea about this. That was played by a woman named Lynn Shane, mm -hmm. who has become like the queen of modern horror movies. What? She's in all of the Insidious movies. She's going to be in the remake of The Grudge. And she's like, you go to her IMDb and there are pages and pages of just like these totally shitty, awful, like, like Lynn Shane is top billing horror monster 
movies oh going god. on. Oh my god. So yeah, she's in stuff called Dreamcatcher with a K and all the Insidious films, Gothic Harvest, Get Gone. Like, like props to this woman. She has really made a name for herself about the person who's going to be in every horror movie going forward, period. Well, and she's also stunning. Oh, yeah. Which is, um, I mean, just amazing. No, she she was delightful. It it was really great to see her. This this cast is so full of, like, little bitty gem roles. Yeah. you, You get your Lynn Shane. You get your Taylor Kirsch. Um, there's a guy on uh, on the plane who plays a kickboxer, which I gotta say, snakes on a plane. Why you gotta blue ball me like this? <laughs> why do you have to give us a character whose only establishing thing is, oh yeah, I was in the kickboxing tournament on Honolulu, and then not once in the movie does he kick a snake in midair or anything <laughs> like that. He never kickboxes a snake, and I was so upset. Oh my god! Um, but I digress. That was played by uh, actor Terry Chen, who um, I most recently saw in The Expanse, and he's been in Jessica Jones. He was in Almost Famous. Like there are so many actors who were like clearly better than this movie. But I mean, what the hell? It's a paycheck. It's, it's <laughs> snakes on a plane. It's probably some of the easiest acting they've ever done. Absolutely. And I mean, like you said, you get to work with Samuel Jackson. Which is, you know, amazing. Yeah. I would like to point out, like, I, I keep, I, I don't know why, like, I've seen this movie, so I knew to keep my expectations low. Sure. But I haven't seen this movie in 10 years. years. Yeah. yeah, 11 years. I, I think I saw it more than once when it first came out. That probably had more to do with the fact that my little brother was really into reptiles. So it's like, oh, okay, oh, snake movie. Um, but the entire time, even knowing what I was getting into, I couldn't shut my brain down enough to make the whole movie make sense to me. <laughs> so like, there's, there's the part at the beginning where Sean sees Eddie Kim kill a guy. Yeah. And then he drives away on his motorcycle, cut to him in his apartment. Which somehow Eddie Kim ha- totally knows how to find. somehow, not only does Eddie Kim and his goons know how to find, but Sam Jackson knew how to find. And how did Sam Jackson know that Sean saw the murder to Exactly. Begin with? And that's how we're introduced to the character. I don't know if that was just a page of like, they were like, okay, whatever. We need to cut out this exposition shit and get to the snakes on the plane. <laughs> if so, I, I understand why you made that choice. But in making that choice, you're sitting here just being like, we're not even going to try to cover these plot holes, guys. Nope. nope. We're just going to put them out there. We we need to put these guys on a plane and, and let's do something that the FBI would totally do and book out all of first class so oh, that we can yeah. keep one guy up in there with his two bodyguards. That's normal, sure. Yeah, you know. You know what else is totally normal and believable? What's that? How much of a trope Sean is. Oh, I'm yeah. totally a surfer dude. Oh, I was yeah, planning yeah, yeah. a trip to Malibu. <laughs> they I guess they gotta give his character where they can because you know, at the at the end of the movie I'm sitting there not caring about him one little bit. No, not at all. So yeah, to do the stuff at the beginning where he's a motocross dude. <laughs> oh, I, I drink Red Bull, totally tubular. And all the I'm going to Bali and I'm a surfer and trust me, you gotta live, you gotta surf, which 
the biggest jack-off motion for how this movie ended the final 10 seconds oh my god but no you're right he is he's a, he's a trope salad and he yeah. has like no character beyond that other than like i would do what any decent person would do in this situation and go help the people who are being attacked by snakes sure did you laugh when he got shot at the end? Yes. I laughed so hard. Because <laughs> I was sitting there being like, vaguely remembering, I, I think there's one last thing. And then the one snake that survived getting mm-hmm. sucked out of the plane bites him and Sam Jackson has to shoot him. And I just lost it laughing, <laughs> which is not the sign of a good character. Well, I, I knew that there was one last jump scare. Sure. Like one last snake. Ah! But I had forgotten that that's when it was. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so shoehorning this in, I, I can't remember when, but at some point in this show, we talked about John C. Riley. Yes. And, and we talked about like how John C. Riley, I was tr- introduced to him as this incredibly like funny, silly actor. But then, you know, you watch John C. Riley be serious and he can be serious and he can be great. Yeah. The co-pilot is played by this guy named David Cockner. And David Cogner, eh, Cogner. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're just 12 and I love it. <laughs> um, David Cogner, people would instantly recognize as the uh, one of the four guys from the Anchorman movies. Okay. Specifically the sports guy who, you know, wears a cowboy hat. He's another guy who's like this incredibly funny actor and unlike John C. Riley, because they're they're very closely linked together in my brain, unlike John C. Riley, I don't think this guy has ever gotten a chance to do serious stuff. Mm. So I liked to think, and I, I thought this even the first time I watched this, that Snakes on a Plane was like his, his serious role. His serious role <laughs> to not be just a complete clown. And instead it's this movie where he's like sexually harassing his flight attendants and then <laughs> dies horribly via snake bite. <laughs> Which is one thing I have to say for this movie. Everyone who's terrible to women or minorities always has a moment of contrition in the case of three G's. Like he says, sorry. He kind of like makes a turnaround as much as you can in a right. tight 90 movie. Um, or dies a tragic death. Like... The co-pilot who like sexually co-pilot. harasses all of his female co-workers, like the guy who throws the dog into the plane. Yeah, the, the bald guy who's just a complete and utter bastard the entire time and like rolling his eyes that he's next to a baby, kills the dog, and then gets <laughs> eaten by a, a python. Oh, he gets dead <laughs> in the best way. Yes. Wait, best worst. I would hate to die that way. It was satisfying to watch him die that way. Well, okay, so transitioning into talking about deaths in this movie, like, like again, we're here to watch snakes bite people on yes. a plane. That is yes. what we're here for. And I had completely forgotten about this, but I, I thought it was so funny that the writers either couldn't help themselves or just decided okay, but yeah, really, like, we can't just have snake deaths. We need to pepper in a couple of real deaths. (laughs) So, like, I wouldn't want to be the guy in this movie, in this universe, who, instead of, like, getting bitten by a bunch of snakes and dying that way, like, there's one guy who gets a stiletto heel through his head. 
There's another guy who gets a meat thermometer like stuck in his neck and, and bleeds out that way. Like I couldn't believe that the movie was like doubling down on like, okay, okay, listen, maybe your, your significant other dragged you to this and you really don't want to see a bunch of snakes kill people. Maybe you'll be fine watching them die in other ways. <laughs> maybe you'll be fine watching them get trampled to death. It's okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh. oh my God. So talking about the flight attendants uh, and leading me into the the way that I remembered that this movie absolutely did not age well Mm -hmm. is making the trope of we have a flamboyantly gay flight attendant, but oh my God, he really does have a girlfriend. Oh, Oh, how, how, how hilarious and catty are we? It was 2006. Everyone was catty and hilarious. This is true. Speaking of how it didn't age well, there was a tiny bit of like magical person of color. There was, yeah. When the Hawaiian woman is like, oh, or maybe, no, I'm sorry, not Hawaiian woman. She was Hispanic. She was like, oh, when we backpacked in the mountain when I was a child, we would always bring a razor and a bottle of water and let me magically heal this child. Well, yeah, the idea of like, it's olive oil. It's like, give me some olive oil so I can swish around. And the olive oil makes it so snake venom doesn't get in you, which I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't um, But it was entirely, you're right, presented as like, I've got some old country medicine wisdom here. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. It was. I felt so bad for the little boy who got bit by a snake and and had to deal with his arm swelling. I felt worse for his older brother. Right? (laughs) Because as an older brother, I've been in that situation. Not in that situation. I was going to say, what happened to Davey's arm? Did he get bit by a snake? You know, we lived in Colorado and there were rattlesnakes, but no, no no one has ever gotten snake bit in my family. Um, I just felt big brother empathy. Yeah. And like, I remembered my hard time, which was when we got lost at Disneyland. <laughs> um, one of these things is not like the other. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I've never been bitten by a snake, but I've been lost at Disney I've before. I've been lost at a theme park because my mom walked away from where she said she was going to be. Well, that's on Vicky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, like the, the boys got a, a line about how like, I couldn't protect my brother. And I was just like, oh, oh shit. shit. Oh, I feel you. I feel you, kid. Oh. But also those, those boys were way too young to be flying alone. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, it's the case of... You have a flight attendant who looks out for you. But this was a long flight for young boys to fly by themselves. Yeah, absolutely. If it was two states over, fine. But it's over an ocean. Yeah. And, like, I know there's, like, two flights to Hawaii a day. You couldn't tell me that the military dad couldn't have, like, hopped one with them and then gotten the red eye back home. Exactly. I digress. Well, this was the red eye. That's true. It was the red eye. Which was why everybody was sleeping with the snakes attack. Absolutely. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Which leads into our favorite quotes. Sure. Would you like to go first or shall I? Well, there were so many good ones. There were so many good ones. So so many good ones. But the reason I segue with that, because one of the good ones was fucking snakes, honey. 
<laughs> which the co-pilot says but my ultimate favorite was who's your daddy now bitch yes that was absolutely great during one of the snake kills there were there were oh so many for me like um i loved the in the beginning of the movie there's the guy who much like you is incredibly terrified about being on a plane and he meets the prissy socialite woman with her dog and he offers her dog xanax (laughs) in context that's just amazing um i love the way that samuel jackson pronounced anti-venom anti-venom (laughs) anti-venom Um, but the quote that, that I wanted to put here, because this stuck with me since the first time I saw the movie, there's the scene where the two are having sex in the bathroom and you've got, uh, Grace, Lynn Shane, uh, listening in with the other male flight attendant and they're screaming because snakes are attacking them. And she just goes, Oh, he's good. And then they die shortly thereafter. Then they die and they stop screaming and there's like a thud and she just goes, Oh, Maybe not that good. <laughs> what are you doing in the bathroom, Lynn Shane? <laughs> I mean, she does say, remember the days? And the male flight attendant kind of looks at her like, what were you doing in yes, the bathroom? Absolutely. <laughs> There's also a really good honorable mention for one of 3G's entourage gets bit on the ass by a snake. Yep. And I think it's Keenan Thompson says, yo, snap, you got a snake up your ass. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which, you know, same. Lead, well, that leads to the part where um, the Hispanic woman is sucking out the poison of the little boy's arm and they're both staring at her. And it's not even the guy who got bit on the ass. It's Keenan who goes, I, I, I got bit. <laughs> I got a snake bit. <laughs> Which, entire eye roll, but fair. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, speaking of quotes, so like, the, the reason to watch this movie is to watch Samuel L. Jackson say, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. That line comes out of nowhere. Oh yeah, it's just tossed. It's so just, I'm going to say the thing now and it's going to make the entire movie. I love that <laughs> honorable quote right there because like, I feel like it has to be for this movie. Sure. <laughs> so did we manage to find any Oscars for uh, snakes on a plane? I sure did. Did you? I did, but I'd love to hear yours. My Oscar goes to the most 2006 thing. Yes. Which is to say for the ending credits of this movie, there's, a music video with Cobra Starship and they're doing a song about sneaking snakes onto a plane and it has this much uh, podcasting is not a visual medium. I'm holding (laughs) my hands very closely together. Very closely. To do with snakes and the rest of the song is just a catchy pop song. And like that song was a moment yeah you're so right that is the most 2006 thing this band that you've never heard of but so conveniently is called cobra starship releasing the single for snakes on a plane and it is the most like carefully constructed like i cannot believe that this band was real this band was and specifically the song was made in a factory so that it could be like tied together with snakes on a plane i am convinced that cobra starship formed for this song i am too and i'm looking here at a wikipedia article that disputes that and i still don't believe it (laughs) 
It's lies. It's lies. I mean, it says it was formed in 2006, which is when this this movie came out. Okay, wait. De- debut album, which contained the single. Okay, no, no, no. We, we've got it right. This band was made entirely for this movie. Yeah. Like the same. This, we, we didn't even talk about. The reason this movie came into existence is because a bunch of like writers and producers got yeah. drunk at a bar and decided as a contest, let's make the worst movie pitch we can come up with. And they came up with snakes and, on a plane. And they came up with snakes on a plane. And then in that same bar, like, afternoon of debauchery, they were like, we need to come up with a band so we can come up with a song <laughs> to get tied together with this thing. So we can just squeeze every last little bit of money or, or whatever out of this. I love that song. That song's a jam. It's such a jam. It slaps. It's, you know, it's doing the thing where it's like, we've got... Knock off Brendan Urie. We've got knock off Fergie and Will I Am. And we've got knock off like Patrick Stump singing the chorus. That guy's not even a part of the band. Oh, no. <laughs> he was only doing guest vocals, and I was heartbroken when I first found that out. That is an, a, a wonderful Oscar, an appropriate Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> what is your Oscar, Andy? So, my Oscar for Snakes on a Plane. Is best for performance by a character in a completely separate movie. Okay. So the entire time we've got everything going on in the airplane. Sure. But but Sam Jackson keeps talking on his satellite phone to his buddy Agent Harris, who's played by Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale, like so many of the actors, was so much better than this movie. <laughs> But he knew it. He knew it completely. He knew it entirely. And he gives such like an actual, enjoyable, engaging performance from the first time you see him and he's sitting in a desk like ordering donuts or something. Like he is giving so much more for this movie <laughs> because, I mean, he's on his own and he has to carry it. Yeah. And I, honest to God, loved his little side mission yes. with the the snake scientist guy. The herpetologist. The herpetologist. And, like, going to the snake farmer and having a shootout and, like, interrogating the guy being like, oh, you're going to die in eight minutes? Well, I guess you've got eight minutes to tell me what I need to know or you're not getting the antivenom. <laughs> I unironically loved Bobby Cannavale and Snakes on a Plane. And so he gets my Oscar for whatever movie he was making about his character. Because that could be a whole other movie, and I would sure as shit watch that movie. Absolutely. Just the two of them, like, they be, they, they join this, like, world wildlife organization or something and just run around <laughs> doing snake-related crimes. A buddy cop movie about snakes. A buddy snakes. cop movie about <laughs> snakes. And you've got the tough-as-nails hardened FBI agent, and then, like, the super anal-retentive herpetologist who's like, no, 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 if we give him that antivenom, he's going to die immediately. <laughs> No, not that. This one. No, this one. Oh, oh, you drew a picture of the cobra that that bit your brother? Oh, that's all I need to see to know how to fix him. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I truly love it. Is this cold? I think so. Like, this this movie came out of nowhere. Sure. Unasked for. Sure. And was such a just little thumbtack in our culture at the time yeah you know it sam jackson gave one of the most memorable line readings ever we talked about the song we talked about the movie 
I sure as shit remember it. Like, maybe not fondly, but, you know, we watched it and we decided it wasn't the worst thing ever. Right. And I think there's so many other people who probably watched it. Or if nothing else, like, this this is a movie that you can watch for the awfulness. And you can watch just to see a snake bite a titty and then another snake bite a dick. (laughs) And, like... There, it's become a thing now where like people try to make shitty movies. Sure. We haven't gotten to it yet, but like Thanks Killing is on our list. There are movies that are constructed to be just god awful, like the Sharknado series. And I think part of that, at least, is because this movie did so well, at least culturally. Yeah. I think, much like this song, it is a timestamp in 2006. Absolutely. Like, watching this took me back to high school and thinking, like, oh, yeah, let's go see that in theaters because why not? Right, right. <laughs> um, it it made double its money. So good for it, somehow. <laughs> but it certainly, I mean, it certainly got no awards. It's one of no. those things that if you know it, you know it. I, I didn't look this up, but I wouldn't be shocked if this got all the Razzies that year. <laughs> all the Razzies. All of them at once. <laughs> and you said, Andy, for our reading recommendation, you said someone wrote a book based off of this movie? <laughs> Which I did not know until like 24 hours ago. But if, if you are so inclined, there is a novelization by a woman named Krista Faust... So you're supporting a female author if you decide you want to get Snakes on a Plane, the novel. I kind of want, I kind of want the novel now. Oh, well, I guess I know what your next Christmas gift is going to be. <laughs> well, so I was trying to find reading recommendations for this. Sure. And I found The Snakes by Sadie Jones, which has nothing to do with snakes. But I was so overjoyed to see Snakes on a Plane, the novel. And I was like, what? Absolutely. So, I mean, also read The Snakes by Sadie Jones. It sounds wonderful. However, you should also read Snakes on a Plane, the novel. And tell us what you think of it. Yeah, let us know. (laughs) Write in. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, This is going to be one of the most gear shifty segues ever. But you know what you can also write in? Your Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) This is not just a game for us, though I suppose the way we do it on an audio format that you, the listener, cannot actually uh, participate in. I I see why maybe people don't think to do this. (laughs) Oh my God, that was the worst transition ever. But I'll humor you for it. I totally agree. Because this is my favorite game. Do you, are you ready? Yes, I am. You were hosting. I'll let you go first. Oh, I thank you so much. So, um, Bobby Cannavale is my favorite part of this movie. Oh, he's so good. And I decided that I, I wanted to figure out what movie he had done. So, Bobby Cannavale was in Blue Jasmine with Peter Sarsgaard, who was in Black Mass with Kevin Bacon. Sure. So, I got it in two. Good. I got it in one. I know you did. <laughs> because, because we found out afterwards, there is one. It's uh, Todd Luizzo was in Apollo 13 with Kevin Bacon. And he is Bobby Cannavale's partner. <laughs> so I do I do enjoy that we, we took our two buddy cops and we each took a Kevin Bacon off of them. Perfect. So I will humbly accept defeat in this case. <laughs> 
should we, speaking of defeat, should we pick our next movie? That's a terribly pessimistic way to look at it, but uh, yeah, I, I suppose we better. So every episode of Cult Fiction, in case you're joining us, uh, we put our fate in the Hollywood Crypt's hands, the Hollywood Crypt being the list of 311 movies that I have cultivated for us to watch on this project. And so, live with a witness in this case, we have 311 movies. We are looking at movie 54. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Ah! Ooh. Okay. <gasps> Ooh. 54. Going back to the 80s, but not going to a dystopian hellscape. We are going to be watching on the next episode of Cult Fiction, 1982's Conan the Barbarian. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. This is um, one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's first acting roles, period. Perfect. So I cannot wait. Oh, I'm very excited. Yes. And we can watch it on Amazon? So looking for it now, it is available on Amazon. It may also be available on Hulu. Okay. Um, in either case, important clarification, we are watching the original, not the Jason Momoa remake. That is for maybe another time. I mean, I will watch Jason Momoa do <laughs> I will watch Jason anything. Momoa. I will watch Jason Momoa do anything. God, what a beautiful man. Right? <sighs> well, that's all for this edition of Cult Fiction. You can follow, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to keep up, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Fiction Cast. We'll close for now. But join us next time when we crush our enemies, see them driven before us, and hear the lamentations of their women as we watch <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger try his best in 1982's Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> for Stephanie Johnson, I've been Andy Boel. Uh-huh. 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 U